Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Standing up for the little guy for the greater good. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Turn out the lights. The party's over. They say that all good things must end. Call it a night. The part is over. And tomorrow starts the same old thing again. All right. There's a little bit of Willie. Trying to inject a... I don't know. I don't know. Francesca Dobbin is uh, with me, uh, executive director of the United Way for Bruce and Gray Counties in Ontario. And we were expecting a call from uh, Patrick Brown, the as I've been telling you for two days now, the Progressive Conservative Party leader for Ontario. But Mr. Brown isn't called, or he's trying to call. And our, I apologize, folks. Our phone system is just not working as it's supposed to. Once in a while, things go wrong, and when they go wrong, they really go wrong. So um, we'll see. Maybe we'll hear from Mr. Brown uh, before the end of the hour. But Francesca. Uh, back to what what's going on in, in in the two counties that that you're responsible for for the United Way. Are you hearing from other from your contemporaries at other United Ways who are facing similar situations? Is there a, is there a is this a province wide reality? Let's deal with that first, and then. Let's also look at what the premier has said, or at least the government has said. I think the environment minister said, or the finance minister said, or the premier said. One of them said that what they plan to do, and I I wish the premier would just call, or the finance minister, or the environment minister. We're not that, well, today we're hard to find maybe, but usually we're just at the other end of 1-800-263-2428. But do you hear from other executive directors of the United Way that they're facing the same situation? Um, I don't. And and one of the reasons that I don't uh, through the United Way system is because of uh, we're one of only two organizations that cover all of Bruce and Gray counties in terms of delivering programs. I have 21 food banks. Where in most other centers, they have one core organization that they flow uh, these funds and these supports through. So it kind of gets I don't download's a bad word, but it, it works mm-hmm. so that it's not the United Way that's running the frontline program in those communities. It's a Salvation Army. It's a community okay. food bank. It's a housing resource center. They're the ones who are running those things. Because what I was getting at is, is there needs to be a not only a political response, but there has to be a, a province-wide response from agencies that are, that are facing uh, that are dealing with the Paulas of the world, of, of, of Ontario. And the couple, I mean, I read about this couple in, uh, in Kingston, I think, who, whose hydro was cut off. And then they had a flood in their basement. Their sump pump didn't work because their hydro was cut off. So their problem is amplified dramatically. And when, when their basement is a disaster and the place is flooded out, their situation is still not any better because their hydro still isn't working. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, it's, it's totally a cascade piece. And that's where the physical health starts to come in as well, because now they're living in substandard housing. There's mold, there's mildew, um, there's you know incredible oh. stress in the household. Um, if there were children in that household, children's aid would have to act because it's not safe. Um, and then you get into 
hundreds of thousands of dollars with children's aid being involved, all over a $2,000 hydro bill. How much? I think it was $2,000, two to $3,000, that one. And it's, I think, a child in foster care, the very first year, one child is about $100,000 because of all the lawyer's fees and all that, you know, support for the family um, who's fostering and all of that. And it's like, well, you know, you want your children in the, your community to be safe and warm. And, but if the parents, you know, I, I totally object when we have to use children's aid to keep children well-fed and warm because of poverty. Oh, my goodness. You know, poverty is not bad parenting. Poverty is poverty. Poverty is poverty, exactly. Poverty is not bad parenting. But in times of crisis, you go for help where the help is is available. And I'm just looking for what uh, Premier Wynne had to say when she admitted her mistake. Uh, essentially what she said. I've got so many notes here. They're just piling notes on top of notes uh, because there's so much going on. The Premier said... You should uh, see my desk. I'm sorry? I should see my desk. <laughs> well, I can only imagine. But, but she says, people have told me that they've had to choose between paying the electricity bill and buying food or paying rent. That is unacceptable to me. It's unacceptable that people in Ontario are facing that choice. Our government made a mistake. It was my mistake. Well, fine. The admission is fine. But what are you going to do to, re- to, to, to replace, to repair the, uh, the, the, the mistake? And you sent me an email... Uh, and it had to do with people and uh, people on disabilities, for example, and the monies they receive. Uh, people with disabilities only get seven hundred and fifty-three dollars a month for housing costs for a couple, but the average rent is eight hundred and fifty dollars plus. Here's the mess: utilities. So, uh, a new government, uh, assuming that the liberals are tossed out, and if polling is correct, they're going to be in a major way. Uh, the a, a new government would still have to come up with some sort of system to either lower the hydro rates or raise the housing allowance for people with disabilities, and that's one group of people. It just the the issue just cascades, as you said, it cascades. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, this is it, and when when we look for solutions, we have to look at the big picture. We have to look at the income side of things. We have to look at precarious work. Um, what is a job these days? And what is the expectation? Um, you know, what is affordable? Um, you know, when a hydro bill used to be $100, $150 for, you know, a regular bungalow-sized house, three-bedroom kind of thing, and now it's four or $500, how does somebody cope with that when there is a change in income? When you are disabled, um, you know, somebody who's involved with community living, ages out as a child, goes to live on their own, and they have $753 for all their housing costs. That's sewer, water, heat, hydro, all of that. And yet we want them to participate in society. How does that happen? It doesn't. They released the uh, Index of Canadian Wellbeing study this week. And they said that uh, Canada, Canada's economy grew by 38% per person between 94 and 2014. But well-being, which was measured by the Canadian Index of Well-Being, only grew by 9.9%. And nobody should feel secure just because they may not be dramatically affected at this point. Because one of the things the government has said that they will do is they'll transfer some of the costs from rural realities to urban realities. So people who live in urban centers whose hydro rates have climbed dramatically, but not maybe as much as 
with the same impact as rural communities, don't feel comfortable that it's not going to happen to you because, again, they've talked about transferring some of those costs to urban uh, uh, urban place uh, communities. Now, my neighbor had, and I talked about this uh, in the summertime when she received the, the bill, she just told me suddenly, I have a, I received a hydro bill for $974 Ow. for two months in the summer. That's, it's two people in their house. Air conditioning. Well, yeah, but they don't run the air conditioning all the time. And they certainly didn't have $974 hydro bills before. So this is just another example of where, where, where this is headed. And it's absolutely, was absolutely unnecessary for this to happen. It's, uh, you know, the Auditor General for Ontario pointed out that the Liberals have overspent, I think it's by $37 billion over a period of years um, uh, on, on hydro, and that the taxpayers on, on the hook for another $133 billion by 2030. And what well, does the government do? They argue with the Auditor General. Our municipalities are screaming. We had a, an article on the city of Owen Sound on their hydro bills and, and how they're reducing consumption. They had a they're the ones with a $455 worth of consumption and a $10,000 bill. And when you really pull back, and, and they gave me some really interesting data through that story, was that there's 80 bills for just streetlights. And I'm like, okay, why? And it's like, well, there's obviously somewhere there's 80 meters. Um, and so they're paying $22 per meter before the streetlights even turn on. And streetlights are in are on in off-peak. So it's the cheapest time now. It's probably an industrial rate and all that kind of stuff. But they're spending $22,000 a year on just having 80 meters because that's how the system got set up and, you know, as cities grow. So why can we not do something for the municipalities who have that density on the delivery side of things? That, you know what, the density is there. There's 30 people paying for that pole outside and the maintenance of that pole, which means there's enough, you know, enough of a delivery rate on that pole that those delivery rates can be compensated in some way for our municipalities. Uh, please hold on, Francesca. We do have um, the Ontario Progressive Conservative Party leader, Patrick Brown, who's going to talk to us in, uh, in a minute, and uh, then I'll come back to you, okay? Okay. All right, uh, we'll take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll speak with the uh, Ontario Progressive Conservative Party leader, Patrick Brown. This is a, a huge issue, and if you don't think it's, uh, it applies to you, yesterday I spoke with the Alberta director of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, who spoke to us about the, electric, the electrical costs and the charges and the direction the Notley government is taking, which is causing the, uh, the entrepreneurial community in Alberta great concern. 73% of Alberta's small and medium-sized business owners are saying, telling the government to back off with doing away with, uh, with coal-generated electricity by 2030 because it's just not economically feasible and one of the things we talked about was businesses may leave at some point if it's untenable, if it's untenable for businesses to remain and to make, you know, remain profitable. And we're talking about small companies who are the backbone of the employer sex, uh, segment in this country. That's something to be very concerned about. Patrick Brown, when we come back. <laughs> 